Hey guys, it's Bree. You are listening to Brief. We are doing The Outsiders today. This is the second episode and we'll cover chapters 6 through 12 and we'll go over themes at the end. And this episode, we also have Cam back with us. So he's going to start out with chapter 6. So chapter 6, they're kind of shocked at the news that Cherry Valance is feeding information to the greasers about the socials. And she also says that she testified that Bob and his buddies were drunk when they attacked Pony and Johnny and like kind of basically proved that it was self-defense. And Johnny basically hearing that was like, all right, I'm going to go back and like turn myself in and just like get this taken care of. Mostly because he doesn't want Pony Boy stuck yeah. running forever. Yeah. Dally kind of gets mad. He gets pretty frustrated with Johnny. One, because he had done so much already to kind of keep them safe. But two, I think maybe mistrust of the law and just like the system in general. Dally just hated it and didn't want to see Johnny caught up in it. But basically, Johnny's not getting convinced otherwise. And so Dally basically says that the boys were worried about Johnny and Pony Boy. And then Johnny asked Dally if his parents had asked about him. And Dally kind of unfortunately says no. And then Johnny kind of just was disappointed once again at the, the lack of love he received from his parents. Ponyboy knows what he's thinking pretty much. And he says he and the rest of the gang knew Johnny cared and did everything they could to make it up to him. I don't know what it was about Johnny. Maybe that lost puppy look in those big scared eyes were what made everyone his big brother. But they couldn't no matter how hard they tried take the place of his parents. And so that was something that was hard just because Johnny was consistently disappointed by the the lack of love he received and no amount of love he received from his buddies kind of took the place of not being loved by his his alcoholic dad and his abusive mom and so so dally's still kind of frustrated that johnny wants to turn himself in and pony boy's kind of just keeping quiet because he knows that dally's super pissed so then dally kind of does something interesting he just he apologizes to johnny and just says i, do, I just don't want you to get hurt you don't know what a few months in jail can do to you. Oh, blast it, Johnny. You get hardened in jail. I don't want that to happen to you like it happened to me. And so this is like the first time ever that that Pony Boy sees Dally show any type of weakness. It's like the first time he puts in the perspective that, yeah, I mean, Dally was arrested as like a 10-year-old kid and was been in the system his whole life and raised on the streets. And, and Pony Boy thought him incapable of, of feeling. And in this moment, he's like, Johnny, I don't want you to go to prison because I don't want you to turn out like me me. yeah and they johnny and dally i think they love each other the most yeah i think they relate the most Mm -hmm. because yeah johnny in this moment asks dally he's like would you rather me run forever or like turn myself in and pony boy says if dally told him to run forever johnny would they just have like a mutual love and respect for each other so they have this kind of exchange in the in the parking lot and then they head back up to the church and they roll up to the church and they see all these people there, all these kids and a couple of adults and they're just like, what the heck is going on? And they realize that the church is on fire. And the whole time that they had been there, they had been kind of careful. They've been smoking a ton of cigarettes in there, but they're always pretty careful to kind of keep them out because they didn't want to light the building on fire. But as they pull up, they realize like, oh man, we must have not put out a cigarette ride or something. So they pull up, talk to the teacher or whoever, whatever guy he is that's with the kids on the field trip. And yeah, they ask him what's going on. He's like, yeah, this, we just came up here for the day and the building started on fire. He's like, luckily all the kids are safe. And then this lady runs up and basically says that there's some kids that are unaccounted for. And so now Johnny, Ponyboy, and Dally are sitting in the car. And Dally's like, 
hmm, that sucks pretty much. <laughs> but Pony Boy says no way and basically jumps out of the car, starts running towards the church, and Johnny's right behind him. Didn't hesitate to kind of follow him. And then the principal or whatever he was of the of the school is running to the building with them. And so Pony Boy kicks out a window and climbs through, and so does Johnny. And then once they get into the church, Ponyboy turns around and he's like, what happened to that guy? Did he chicken out? And then Johnny just kind of starts laughing and says, no, he was too fat to fit through the window. <laughs> they run through the building, run through the church, and they find the kids hiding in the corner. There's quite a few of them in the corner. Johnny kicks out the, another window because they, the way they came in was completely covered in flames now. And they just start dropping the kids at first. They're kind of dropping them like soft. And then one kid bites Pony Boy as he p tries to pick him up. So then he just kind of chucks him through the window. <laughs> and then he's like, they just start dropping him a little harder. And so by this point, the, the people are on the other side pulling the kids through. And so they get all the kids out. And Dally's on the outside of the building as well. And he's like yelling at them basically to get out of there because the, the church is about to collapse. Johnny turns to Pony Boy and basically yells for him to jump out the window. So Pony Boy jumps out and then the roof collapses while Johnny's still in the church. But he jumps out of the building and he's on fire. His back's on fire. And so Dally hits him, but hits him maybe a little too hard. Knocks, knocks the window out, knocks him out, but puts the fire out all the same. And then Dallas jumps into the building to pull out Johnny, who's... In super Stop. bad shape. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to note that when they're saving those kids in the church, Ponyboy says uh, he looks at Johnny and realizes that he's not scared. He says, that was the only time I can think of when I saw him without that defeated, suspicious look in his eyes. He looked like he was having the time of his life. For the first time, Johnny felt needed, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he realized his, his role or purpose in that moment was obviously to save those kids and that's something that he he thrived in and was so then pony boy wakes up in an ambulance and he's just kind of coughing he's got a ton of smoke in his lungs and things like that and he realizes that he's with the guy that was too fat to fit through the window his name is jerry yeah and so he's still just kind of out of it really he's kind of starts putting things together and asking what happened and he's like well you passed out you're on your way to the hospital and then he's he automatically becomes very concerned about how Johnny and, and Dally are doing. And the guy's a little hesitant to tell him pretty much what, what happened just because he knows that the other two aren't, aren't in great shape. Dally's okay. He's like not in critical condition. He burned his arm pretty badly, but Johnny's not doing great. The Jerry guy, he's basically telling Pony Boy that they're heroes and how just amazed he is with them. And Pony Boy just kind of looks at him. He's like, "We're not heroes. We're greasers. People hate us and things like that." And so it kind of goes back to to Pony Boy's kind of I don't know confusion about self worth, or he feels that his self worth is wrapped up in the image that he portrays. But it's a lesson that he he kind of learns throughout the book is that <laughs> like quality and human decency goes a lot deeper than what's surface level yeah so yeah so jerry's like you're heroes and pony boy's like that's funny because johnny's wanted for murder oh yeah <laughs> and dally has like a rap sheet a mile long and he's obviously shocked by this anyway but they're going he says they're going to the hospital in their hometown where pony boy's from and he says that the little kids are all okay and so pony boy's just kind of sitting in the hospital for doing a quick checkup and and dairy and and uh Soda Pop show up and Soda's so happy to see Pony Boy and they're kind of making fun of him because his tough hair is gone because he had to chop it all off. And then kind of Pony Boy and Derry have this kind of moment 
where Darius just kind of leaning in the doorway and Ponyboy doesn't really know how to take him. He doesn't know if he's about to get yelled at. The last time he saw Darius, he got hit by him. And he looks at him and Darius has his hands shoved in his pockets. Darius has this kind of pleading look in his eyes, like helpless almost. And he's, he's starting to cry. And he's like, the only ever time I saw him look like that was at my parents' funeral. Ponyboy realizes in that second what Soda and Dally and 2-Bit had been trying to tell me came through. Darius did care about me, maybe as much as he cared about Soda. And because he cared, he was trying too hard to make something of me. And so he kind of realizes that Darius looks at Ponyboy as maybe he's living vicariously through him. I don't know, but he just wants the absolute most for him. He doesn't want him to stay in this town. He doesn't want him to, to be a greaser for the rest of his life. He knows that he's smart. He knows that he's he's capable. And, and I think Ponyboy's finally starting to realize that it's, albeit tough love, it's still, it's still love. That was a cool moment of that book because it kind of comes full circle of a pony boy finally realizing that Derry loves him with all his heart, so that was cool. Chapter seven. So Soda Pop, Derry, and Pony Boy are sitting in the waiting room. A ton of reporters and police come through asking Pony Boy a lot of questions, and Derry finally tells him to back off. Pony Boy makes sure that his hair looks as good as it can. Mm-hmm. He greases it back before they take any pictures because he says, I'd die if I got my picture taken in the paper with my hair looking so lousy. He says the reporters took a lot of pictures of the three of them, mostly because Soda was so good looking. Finally, Derry finds a doctor who understood that they were the only family Johnny and Dally had. And so he finally gave them some information. He said that Dally would be okay in a couple of days, that his arm would be scarred, but that was it. But Johnny is in critical condition. His back is broken, and he is suffering from severe shock, and he has third-degree burns, and he's in a ton of pain, even with drugs. And they say that he can't feel anything from the waist down. So he's paralyzed, which is, I guess, a blessing in disguise because he can't feel that pain, but he's paralyzed, and they don't think he'll recover from that. And then he said, they say, if he lives, he'll be paralyzed. And obviously, Ponyboy is super upset by this. And he says he wants to cry, but greasers don't cry in front of strangers. Ponyboy realizes that Johnny surviving and living in a wheelchair would be worse than him dying because he'd just have to stay in his house with his parents who hate him. Anyway, they're all stunned and they go home and go to sleep. The next morning, Ponyboy wakes up. And he starts making breakfast because the house rules are the first one up makes breakfast and the other two do the dishes. For as long as his parents have been dead, they have chocolate cake every morning for breakfast. He's making breakfast and Tubit and Steve show up. Ponyboy says that they never knock and they never lock the door because if someone in the gang needs a place to sleep, Derry would rather have them come sleep on the couch than get into trouble somewhere. Anyway, so the guys show up. They're happy to see Ponyboy. And they show him the headline of the newspaper, which says juvenile delinquents turn heroes. And they start teasing him about being a hero. And the article tells the whole story about the fight, about the death and the church fire. They interviewed Cherry and she said that the Soches had started the fight. And they also interviewed Randy, who was at the fight. And he also said it was their fault and that Johnny had only fought back in self-defense. Which is crazy that Randy would do that. But it goes back like Dallas would die before he ever basically ratted yeah. on, his, on his friend. He would rather see the Soches be locked away in prison for life than yeah. say that Johnny killed someone or did anything like that. And so it kind of goes back to what Bree mentioned earlier is that there wasn't the same loyalty or same rules that existed in the Soches friend group versus the Greasers friend group, which is more of a family than, yeah. than anything. 
I also think in the greasers, it's interesting because they're all pretty hard, but they know that they wouldn't jump someone out of nowhere, right? Like, if they've killed someone, it's because they yeah. had a reason. Like, you know what I mean? So they, they as like far fighting, as fighting, but they yeah, weren't, they weren't, for lack of a better word, violent. They, yeah, because they didn't they didn't view bare knuckle fighting as violent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like but, they didn't get drunk and jump two kids half their size, yeah. right? Like that's not something that the greasers would do. Anyway, okay, so they're showing him the paper. The paper says that they're charging Johnny with manslaughter. The article also tells the story of Derry, Soda, and Pony Boy and their parents dying and how Derry works two jobs. Soda dropped out and Pony Boy's an A student and a track star. <laughs> and then Pony Boy's like, oh yeah, by the way, I run track and I'm really He's good like at it. Varsity, yeah. At the end of the article, whoever wrote it says that the brothers should be allowed to stay together. And at that moment, Pony Boy realizes that that must mean that there's a chance that they could get split up because of all of this. Soda and Pony Boy could get sent to a boy's home. So when Derry wakes up, Pony Boy asks him about it, and Derry says, Yeah, the cops told him last night that it's a possibility. Then Pony Boy tells Derry that he had one of those dreams last night, the one I can't even remember. And Derry is super worried about this. And the background for this is that Pony Boy started having these dreams the night of his parents' funeral. When he has this dream, he wakes up screaming, but he can never remember what had happened in his dream and what scared him. And it went on every night for weeks, and it was super scary for all of them. And so that's when Soda started sleeping in Pony Boy's bed, which helped. Anyway, the doctor ordered him to be like more physically active so that he was too exhausted to dream, which up until this point has worked. And then last night he had another dream. But before they can talk about it, Soda and the rest of the boys come in the room and they're talking about the rumble, which is that night, and how they're going to throw a party after they win. Pony Boy asks Soda if he's going to bring Sandy. And that's when he finds out that Sandy has moved to Florida because her parents didn't want her marrying Soda, who's a 16-year-old kid who dropped out of high school. And I can't imagine why they don't want them to get married. But Pony Boy knows how sad Soda must be because he knows that they loved each other. So then Derry and Soda both have to go to work, but they're worried about leaving Pony Boy and 2-Bit offers to stay with him. And so they go to the Tasty Freeze, and while they're there, the Socia's Blue Mustang pulls up behind them, and Pony Boy almost runs, <laughs> but 2-Bit stops him, and they do their whole tough guy thing where they like lean against the building and smoke and whatever it's randy and then the guy who had tried to drown pony boy pony boy gets like really angry because he hates them it's all of this is their fault and they walk up to them and two bit reminds them that there's the rule about no fighting before the rumble but randy asks if he can just talk to pony boy so they go and sit in the mustang and randy says that he read about the church fire randy says to pony boy that he doesn't think he would have saved those kids like pony boy did and Pony Boy is like, you probably would have, like, who knows what would have happened in the moment. Anyway, Randy's obviously going through a crisis of conscience at this moment. And he says, I don't know anything anymore. I would never have believed a greaser could pull something like that. And Pony Boy says, he's like, it's not a greaser thing. He's like, I'm, there's not many people who would have done that. It's just like the individual. Randy tells him that he's not going to go to the Rumble. He says he's sick of all of it. He says Bob was a good guy. He was the best buddy a guy ever had. He was a good fighter and tough and everything, but he was a real person too. And Pony Boy is obviously shocked by this information, especially about him not going to the Rumble. 
And he looks at Randy and he says he was supposed to be this cool guy that didn't feel anything and yet he could see pain in his eyes. And Randy talks about Bob and his parents and how his parents never told him no, no matter what he did, it was like they didn't care enough. And maybe if they had, he wouldn't be dead. Maybe if they cared enough to give him some sort of discipline. And this is an interesting parallel with Johnny and his parents because Bob gets everything that he wants, but his parents don't give him the care or attention that he craves and needs. And Johnny doesn't get everything that he wants, but he also craves attention and care and discipline from his parents and gets none. And I think that's interesting because Bob is dead and Johnny's dying and they both come from parents who don't care enough. Randy says that Johnny might die too. And then tonight more people will get hurt. And what is it for? And he's like, nothing. And then he says, you can't win. Even if you whip us, you'll still be where you were before at the bottom. And we'll still be the lucky ones with all the breaks. So it doesn't do any good. The fighting and the killing greasers will still be greasers and socias will still be socias. Sometimes I think it's the ones in the middle that, that are really the lucky stiffs. So anyway, Randy says he's not going. Ponyboy thinks about what Cherry said about how things are rough all over. He finally realizes what she meant by that. And he tells Randy, he's like, you would have saved those kids too if you had been there. I know you would have. And he gets out of the car and 2-Bit asks what, he, what Randy wanted. And Ponyboy says he's not a so, she's just a guy. And then he says, socials were just guys after all. Things were rough all over, but it was better that way. That way you could tell the other guy was human too. So that's chapter eight. So Ponyboy and 2-Bit, they're at the Tasty Freeze. They run into the socials. Now they're hitchhiking down the street trying to make it to the hospital to go check in on Johnny and Dallas. So they get there and the nurses wouldn't let them see Johnny because he was in a critical condition. So they're like kind of arguing with the nurse and the doctor finally comes over and says, it can't hurt now, like let him go see him. And then Ponyboy kind of recognized in the doctor's tone that Johnny was just dying. So Johnny's laying there super, super weak, but can still talk to him. They asked Johnny if he kind of knows that he's in the paper and they're talking about how he's a hero and things like that. And Johnny's kind of, for the first time ever, really just proud of himself, I guess. Ponyboy recalled his jealousy of the Southern Gentleman and think, by the way his eyes were glowing, I figured Southern Gentleman had nothing on Johnny Cade. Johnny had idolized the Southern Gentleman and gone with the wind and, and wanted to be like them. But in this moment, kind of Ponyboy saw Johnny as truly happy or kind of the best he'd ever been in his life. And then Johnny asks if they can get a, a copy of Gone with the Wind so that they can finish the book. And so 2 takes off to the store to go buy that. Basically, Pony's like kind of pleading with Johnny to, to stay alive, telling him he needs to be okay because there's no way they can continue on without him. And he realizes that kind of really how much the gang relies on, on Johnny and how much they needed him. And then Johnny kind of changed the tone and basically says how he used to think about wanting to kill himself all the time. He always wanted to commit suicide. But finally, in this moment, as he's close to death, he doesn't want to die. He kind of maybe tasted happiness for, for a second and wants more of it. He says 16 years ain't long enough. He had never been out of their town. He never traveled anywhere until they ran away. And Pony Boys the whole time is just trying to convince Johnny that he's not going to die. And Johnny kind of starts getting worked up. So then the nurse comes in and tells the two of them that Johnny's mom had come to see him. And Johnny tells her that there's literally no way he wants to see her and starts kind of getting super worked up and super upset about the mom. And he's like, she's only here to basically tell me what a hassle I've been. And gets super worked up and passes out out of pain. The nurse tells Ponyboy to leave and then 2-Bit pulls up and he's like, hey, just give this book to him. They overhear Johnny's mom arguing with the doctor about 
how she needs to go see him and that she's mother and that is so typical of Johnny and just uh, always causing them problems like her son's dying in the next room and all she can do is complain. And then Two Bit's starting to get super mad and, and Pony Boy's nervous that, that Two Bit's about to cause a huge scene. Two Bit's like basically saying, he's like, I wish it was anyone else other than Johnny. He's like, we can get on. Life goes on without any of the other guys, but with Johnny, it's just going to be different. So then here's the mom complaining, and then Tubit basically walks up to her and tells her, he's like, it's no wonder he hates your guts, like, by the way you're acting. And then Ponyboy pushes Tubit away before he can say anything else. Then they go see Dallas Winston. He asks about Johnny, and Tubit says he's bad, and then Dally's bummed out because he, he knows he's going to miss the fight that night. He he wants revenge, and all he can think about is, is beating the Soches in the Rumble. And then he looks at Tubit and asks if he has a switchblade. And Tubit whips it out, and, and Dallas hides it under his pillow. And then Ponyboy was like, oh, man, he means business because there's no way that, that he would ever ask for Tubit's prized possession if he didn't mean to use it. Yeah, so then they hitch a ride home, and then Tubit's starting to look at Ponyboy and realizing that he looks just terrible. Ponyboy's starting to run a fever and just is kind of in bad shape. But Ponyboy basically convinces Tubit to not tell anyone that he's sick so that he can still go to the fight that night. Tubit agrees and basically says that Derry's more strict than Pony's parents were. And he says, the only thing that keeps Derry from being a soch is us. And so it goes back to Derry. He was popular in high school. He was football captain. He was voted like most boy of the year, popular guy, whatever. He's but too he, smart to yeah. be a greaser. Yeah, but his, his loyalty to his brothers and to his neighborhood buddies is deeper. But the whole time, Ponyboy's got this bad feeling about the Rumble. He has this feeling that something bad's going to go down and just kind of can't shake it. He tells Tubit about it, and Tubit kind of brushes him off. They're walking home. They see uh, Cherry Balance sitting in her Cherry Red Corvette. Ponyboy's it goes over and sits in, in Cherry's car and is talking to her. He's like, hey, Johnny's not doing good at all. Will you go see him? And she's like, no. He gets mad. He, he like calls her out, basically, saying that she's like she has no loyalties whatsoever, not to the socials, not to the greasers. And he says, do you think your spying for us makes up for the fact that you're sitting there in a Corvette while my brother drops out of high school to get a job? Don't you ever feel sorry for us. Don't you ever try to give us handouts and then feel high and mighty about it. And then, like, right after he says that he, he gets embarrassed and feels bad. And Cherry's, like, on the verge of tears and just is, like, trying to, <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> but Pony's just kind of down in the dumps in that moment. But then turning around, he, he asks her, he's like, can you see the sunset real good from the west side? And that kind of references back to the first time they met, talking about seeing sunsets together. And she says, real good. And Pony says... You can see it real good from the east side too. And then Cherry kind of realizes that they kind of made their amends and, and Ponyboy kind of says goodbye and walks away. And that's that's the end of chapter eight. Okay, so chapter nine, the gang gets ready for the rumble. It's funny, they all shower and get spruced up because they want to show that they're not trash. They always get fancy before a rumble. And Ponyboy is still feeling really sick, but he's trying to hide it. And he takes a bunch of aspirin and... He says that Derry wears a really tight shirt and Pony says that it shows all the muscles in his stomach. And I would just really like to see that. <laughs> I would really like to see that. But he says they all get in their best clothes or whatever. And he's sad because he lost a bunch of weight in the church and now his clothes don't fit him tight enough. And he wants like a tight shirt like Derry. They grease their hair extra because tonight they could be proud that they were greasers. He thinks about how it's sad that the only thing they have to be proud of is their hair. He asks all the guys if they like fighting. 
he just is curious like why they like fighting and Soda says he likes it because it's action and it's a contest and he asks Derry and Soda answers for him and says it's because he likes to show off his muscles and Pony Boy knows that's the truth because Derry likes anything that takes strength. He starts to feel left out because he doesn't like fighting and he can't think of a reason why he would like fighting. Anyway, so Derry is like, Pony Boy, you probably shouldn't fight tonight. You're not as strong as you used to be. Don't look good. Like, you shouldn't fight. And then in that moment, Pony Boy realizes that he wants to fight more than anything. And he wants to fight the Soshas and he wants to get revenge. Soda's like, it's fine. He can come. There's no weapons. It's just skins. And so Derry finally agrees to let him go. So they all leave the house and they're like doing flips off the porch because apparently Derry took a class in, what was it, like at the Y? I think yeah, they called it yeah. the Y, like the rec center, like a gymnastics class and taught them all how to do like flips and aerials and stuff. So they're all like showing off. Showing off. And then Soda starts this chant about being a greaser. They just like chant this thing as they're walking to the lot where they're having the rumble. Pony Boy notices that Tubit has, he's holding two beers because he always gets drunk before a rumble he realizes actually that tubit gets drunk before anything he does and he thinks to himself i'd hate to see the day when i had to get my nerve from a can then he asks tubit why he likes fighting and he says he likes fighting because everybody fights he's like i have i had it then soda fought for fun steve for hatred dairy for pride and tubit for conformity why do i fight i thought and i couldn't think of any real good reason there isn't any real good reason for fighting except self-defense okay so they get to the field tim shepherd's gang is already there pony boy looks at them and realizes that these are the guys who enjoy being hoods they were young hoods who would grow up to be old hoods and they just get worse as they get older like there's no chance of them getting out of this cycle and he says that's the difference between that gang and the greasers and he said Derry wasn't going to be Hood as he got older, and Pony Boy is determined not to be either. He says that Tim Shepard is the leader of his gang. They all like follow him, and he's very strict. But the Greasers don't really have a leader. They're just a, like friends who stick together. Anyway, they're talking with Tim Shepard's gang. Pony Boy looks over the scene. He's the youngest there, and he's super proud of it, and sees that Derry's proud of it as well. So the other gang that's there is the Brumley gang. One of them comes up to Pony Boy and asks about the big guy, which is Derry. And he's like, he'll probably be the one they asked to start the rumble. And he looks at all the guys and realizes that they're nervous about fighting without weapons because most of these gangs are used to fighting with weapons like knives and pipes and basically anything that you can hit someone with, including guns. But Pony says that his gang's the only one that didn't fight with weapons. He says, we're just not that rough. The only weapons we ever used were knives and shoot, we carried them mostly just for looks. None of us had ever really hurt anybody or wanted to, just Johnny and he hadn't wanted to. Ponyboy realizes in this moment that his gang, his guys, don't belong in this group of future convicts. He says, we're greasers, but we're not hoods. And then the Soshas arrive. So there's 22 Soshas and 20 greasers. He looks at the Soshas. He says they all looked like they were cut from the same piece of cloth. They all had the same haircut, the same clothes. From the way they looked, they could have been just going to a movie. He's like, that's why people never think to blame the Soches and are always ready to jump on us. We look hoodie and they look decent. It could just be the other way around. Half the hoods I know are pretty decent guys underneath all that grease. 
And from what I've heard, a lot of Soches are just cold-blooded mean, but people usually go by looks. So then a Soch steps up, goes over the rules, which is nothing but fists. The first to run loses. So Derry steps up and he's like, I'll take anyone. And for a minute, it seemed like no one was brave enough to fight him. And then a Soch steps forward and he says, hello, Daryl. And Derry says, hello, Paul. And Ponyboy knows that this is Paul, who used to play football with Derry. They used to be good friends. And he watches Derry and he realizes that he's ashamed to be on the greaser side because he shouldn't have ended up there. He was supposed to go to college and play football just like Paul did, and he didn't. Ponyboy, because he realizes that Derry's ashamed to be on the greaser side, he thinks to himself that that's stupid because they've both come here to fight and they're both supposed to be smarter than that. So he doesn't see the difference in that. They start circling each other and he can see how much they hate each other just because they come from different sides of the track, which Ponyboy thinks is sad. And then just then, Dally runs up yelling. He escaped the hospital using the knife. And when Derry looks away to look at Dally, Paul punches him and the rumble starts. And Ponyboy describes the fighting. Mostly it's just punching and jumping and kicking and him getting the trash beat out of him because he's small but he and dally kind of Our band together up, dally only has one arm yeah it got burned and then pony's like sick and so, <laughs> so those two are like beating up some people and then pony gets thrown on the ground and starts getting kicked in the head yeah and so then he gets knocked out yeah so then he gets knocked out anyway he when he was like regaining his strength and his consciousness he hears someone say that the socias are running which means that they won Ponyboy looks at the guys. They're all like bloody and bruised. Steve broke a few ribs. But before he can do anything, Dally grabs him and they start running. And he says they have to go see Johnny because he's getting way worse. And he was asking to see Ponyboy. So they drive to the hospital. They get pulled over on the way there. And Dally pretends that Ponyboy had a motorcycle accident and that he needs to get to the hospital fast. And so the police escort him there. Anyway, Dally is talking on the way there he's like johnny should have been hard like me this wouldn't have happened he'd never run into that church to try to save those kids and he wouldn't be dying but they get to the hospital they run in and the doctor says that he's dying and dally goes in and is like talking calmly to him telling him about how they beat the socias how about they're still writing about him in the paper being a hero and that they're all proud of him and Johnny beams because Dally was proud of him and that was all he ever wanted. He calls for Ponyboy and he tells him, stay gold, Ponyboy, stay gold. And then he dies. Dally pushes his hair back and curses him for running into the church, punches the wall and says, damn it, Johnny, don't die. Please don't die. And then he runs out of the hospital. That's the end of chapter nine. So then Ponyboy's basically left. He's super beat up, concussed, and just kind of in bad shape, standing in the hospital room of his best friend that just died. This is chapter 10, by the way. Chapter 10, yeah. So Ponyboy's standing there and basically in shock. He leaves. So he's walking home, and this guy pulls up next to him and is like, hey, do you need a ride? And Ponyboy jumps in the car, and the guy's like, man, you're bleeding all over my seats. And then Ponyboy like, touches his head and realizes that he's like profusely bleeding. So the guy drives him and drops him off at the house. 
And so Ponyboy gets out and is kind of shocked because Soda Pop and Steve are talking on this big game about how they're going to throw this huge party after the Rumble. But everyone's pretty subdued and yeah, everyone's kind of bandaged up. Two-Bit has like a huge cut on his face and Steve has a couple broken ribs and Ponyboy's kind of beat up and everyone's just kind of laying there. And so then Ponyboy kind of just stumbles into the house and then Daryl basically is like, where the heck have you been? Like, what are you doing? And then he's just like, Johnny's dead. And like, that's kind of all he says and everyone just kind of goes dead quiet and Pony's like yeah I went there with Dally Dally can't take it like he's about to blow like he's gonna do something crazy Pony Boy's sitting there thinking and he kind of realizes that Johnny's the only thing that Dally ever loved and now Johnny was gone and so it was like the one thing that Dally had the, that was worthwhile to live for was dead and they're all pretty kind of worried about it so then they're just kind of standing there in shock about the news about about Johnny and the phone rings and Derry goes and answers it and he's like kind of quiet and then hangs it up real quick and is like, Dally's in trouble. He just robbed a gas station and we, and we need to hide him because the cops are looking for him. And so they're running to that vacant lot, the same lot that Johnny was jumped in. And so they, they're running down the street from one end. Dally's running down the street from the other end and they're just flying, like just trying to get there as fast as they can. So they pull up and they can see Dally running across the park and they're waiting for him to get there so they can hide him in the house or whatever. And then the cop cars roll up and then the cops jump out. They, they see Dally. Dally pulls the, the gun he's been carrying. Even though it's not loaded, he pulls it and the cops all draw their guns. And it says, Dally raises the gun and the policeman's gun spit fire into the night. I knew that was what Dally wanted. He was dead before he hit the ground, and even as I begged silently, please, not him, I knew he would be dead, because Dally Winston wanted to be dead. He always got what he wanted. Nobody would write editorials praising Dally. Two friends of mine had died that night. One a hero, but I remember Dally pulling Johnny through the window of the burning church, Dally giving us his gun, although it could mean jail for him. Dally risking his life for us, trying to keep Johnny out of trouble. Dally didn't die a hero. He died violent and young. And desperate just like we all knew he'd die someday but Johnny was right he died gallant all that kind of comes full full steam for Pony and he, he finally passes out again after being concussed and beat up and then he wakes up in bed a few days later and uh, Derry sitting on a chair in his room and he said he was in the hospital for a few days with a concussion Derry says he blames himself for letting him fight and he said that two bit was feeling real bad because he didn't tell anyone that pony boy was sick and then pony starts getting stressed about oh man i miss all this school and he has to go to trial he's nervous that he's going to a boy's home and pony boy doesn't remember anything really he doesn't remember being in the hospital and the whole time he was kind of in and out of consciousness asking for soda asking for his parents but he said mostly soda and then pony boy kind of feels guilty wondering if he's worried about Terry at all so then Soda comes in, comes running in, super excited that, that Pony Boy's finally awake. So then they kind of just talk about Pony being delirious for the last little bit. He asked if he had ever asked for Derry, and then and Soda kind of assures him that he did, that he asked for all of them, both his older brothers and his parents, and that they kind of were, were with him the entire time. So we kind of see that, that Pony Boy is kind of, I guess, realizing his love that he has for, for his oldest brother, which is pretty cool. And that's that's the end of Chapter 10. Okay, chapter 11. Ponyboy stays in bed for a whole week. One day he's looking through Soda's old yearbook and he finds a photo of Bob, the boy that Johnny killed, from his sophomore year. So he was 16 in the picture and he was 18 when he died. Before this, he had tried not to think about Bob, but he forced him to now to think of what kind of person he was. And 
how Cherry had described him. And he says, I looked at Bob's picture and I could begin to see the person we had killed. A reckless, hot-tempered boy, cocky and scared stiff at the same time. Randy stops by to see Pony Boy that day. He came over to see how he was doing and talked to him about how they have to see the judge the next day. Randy talks about how he's feeling bad for making his dad upset by getting mixed up in all of this. He says it's the first time he's felt anything in a long time, feeling bad that he upset his dad. Pony Boy thinks about how the only thing he's felt in a long time is being afraid. Randy asks if Pony Boy's parents are upset, and he's like, I don't know, they're dead. He's like, I, me and Soda could get sent to a group home if the judge decides that Derry isn't a good enough guardian. And Randy looks genuinely worried about this, and Pony Boy is shocked. He says, is Soch even worried because some kid greaser was on his way to a foster home or something? And then he starts to tell Pony Boy, he's like, you didn't do anything. Johnny was the one who killed Bob. And Pony Boy kind of freaks out. He stops him and he's like, no, I had the knife. I killed Bob. And they argue about this. Randy's like, I saw Johnny do it. He's like, the kid who died in the hospital, he was the one who did it. Anyway, Pony Boy is like, Johnny's not, <laughs> Johnny's not dead, which I shouldn't laugh about. But he's basically deluded himself into believing mm -hmm. that Johnny didn't die and that he's the one who killed Bob. Anyway, when he says that Johnny's not dead... He says it over and over again, and then Derry comes in and asks Randy to leave. As they walk out, Pony Boy hears Derry tell Randy not to talk to him about Johnny because he's still he's like messed up in the head about it. And that's the end of chapter eleven. That was really fast. Yeah. So chapter twelve, final chapter in the book, Pony tells basically what happens in the trial. Randy goes and testifies along with some of the other socias. The judge questions the socias first. Randy told the truth, basically. But the whole time, Pony's still convinced in his head that he was the one that killed Bob. But he basically had plans to like go up and, and tell the judge that he's like, no, I'm the one that killed him. But then judge questioned Dairy and Soda, mostly about Dally. This whole time, they were kind of worried. But the judge was going to kind of take into account the, the people that they hung out with and in the decision to to send Soda and Pony to a boy's home. So when the judge asked them if they hung out with Dallas Winston, Derry basically said kind of proudly that, that, yeah, they did. Even if it hurt their chance of staying together, he said Dally had been one of the, one of our gang and we wouldn't desert him, even though in this point that Dally's dead. They, they claimed him, which was probably the most loyalty and love that Dally had ever experienced in his life. When it's Pony Boy's turn, the judge doesn't even ask him about the murder. He just asks him if he likes living with his brothers how school goes, sports, things like that. And Ponyboy's kind of confused because he thought the whole purpose of them being there was to talk about the murder. But the judge had already made up his mind that it was self-defense. And then right then and there, the judge says that the case is closed and that everyone's acquitted, that they're okay to, to stay living with Derry. So kind of fast forward, Ponyboy's still kind of messed up in the head. So once he was an A student before all this went down and now he's kind of seeing bad grades and he's just kind of, lost his desire really to to do anything he's kind of falling into the stereotypes of a greaser he's not caring anymore and he's kind of lost his his fight and his will to to escape and he's kind of falling into what society expects him to be a bad student kind of just a delinquent in general but he has an english teacher that's like really invested in him and pulls him aside and is like listen you're failing this class, and if you don't basically turn it around, then yeah, you're not going to pass. But if you do well on your end of your paper, I'll give you a C in the class. Basically, it's a he has to write a story, but about of his own life. He can't write about like something random. And right off the bat, he thinks he's like, oh, I'll just write about like my first trip to the zoo or something <laughs> stupid, yeah, you know. Dumb. And so Pony Boy is kind of walking down the street, 
and uh, he's outside of this like the gas station that they always hang out at. And some socials come up and they, they see like, hey, you're the one that killed Bob. Like, we don't like people that kill our friends. <laughs> and like, obviously. And then Pony Boy's just like, not even faced. Like, where he used to be scared or kind of hesitant, he wasn't even afraid at all. And he like picked up a bottle, smashed it, and basically was like, let's go. Like, <laughs> let's do this. And then the socials kind of look at it and they, they take off. And then Tubit had been standing in the doorway watching the whole thing. He's like, we had your back, but like, we, we don't think you really needed it. Like, you're you're ready to use that bottle and pony boy was like yeah like he's just like become hardened kind of but then tubit kind of looks at him he's like don't get tough you're not like the rest of us and don't try to be meaning like you're not you're not a no good hood like the rest of us tubit steve all those guys they know they're never leaving the street they're never leaving the block but they know pony boy is kind of destined for greater things and so tubit's like don't pretend to be someone that you're not. Like, we accept you for who you are. And then right after he says that, Ponyboy bends down and starts picking up the glass. And Tubit's like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't want anyone to get a flat tire. And then Tubit kind of laughs. He's like, see, you're not tough. Like, yeah. if you were tough, you wouldn't care if someone got a flat tire or not. So fast forward, he's like trying to think about what to write about. And he notices that Soda Pop is at the dinner table, like super quiet, super subdued. And then Derry and Pony Boy are kind of arguing. Derry wants him to finish that paper so he can pass his class. Pony Boy is basically just saying, get off his back. And Soda Pop gets like super upset and just like runs out of the house. And they're just kind of bewildered as to what happens. And Pony Boy kind of looks at Derry and, and they look at an envelope that's on the table. And like, that's the letter that he wrote to, to Sandy, his girlfriend that he wanted to marry. And it was returned unopened. Soda Pop was just super torn up about it. And so then they take off running after Soda Pop because he was just sprinting down the street. And so they tackle him. And they're just like the three brothers are back together again talking about life. And this is like the first time that Pony Boy and maybe even Derry realized that the happy-go-lucky, carefree Soda Pop had problems as well. And that they were so quick to talk about their own issues. Derry was so quick to get on Pony Boy that oftentimes they overlook Soda Pop. And so they're kind of feeling bad about that, that they felt like they kind of neglected Soda Pop. Pony Boy's realizing that everyone in life has their problem, that they've kind of been abusing Soda Pop and making him the middleman between Pony Boy and Derry's bickering the whole time. And so they kind of all make a pact to just get along and love each other. <laughs> I suddenly realized that Derry was only 20. That he wasn't so much older that he couldn't feel scared or hurt or as lost as the rest of us. And he just like finally full circle realizes how much Derry give, gives up for him and Soda Pop and how much Soda Pop cares and tries for his family. And just basically everyone's just their kids trying to get by, their orphans trying to get by. And so fast forward, still trying to write his paper. Basically, he's like thinking about Johnny, comes to terms with the fact that Johnny's dead. He always knew he was dead, but he was just pretending like he wasn't. And then he says, I thought maybe if I played like Johnny wasn't dead, it wouldn't hurt so much. And then he thinks about what Johnny meant to the group and just kind of who, who Johnny was in his life and just started wishing that he can like tell that story. So then as he opens up Gone to the Wind, finally, because at first he decided he wasn't able to finish it because he couldn't bear it. But now he's going to finally finish the book. A letter falls out. And then after he reads it, he thinks about all the boys from the wrong side of the tracks. And it says, hundreds of boys who maybe watched sunsets and looked at stars and ached for something better. I could see boys with black eyes going down under street lights because they were mean and tough and hated the world. And it was too late to tell them that there was still good in it. And they wouldn't believe you if you did. He just thinks about how he can wish he can tell the story of, of the hoods. He wish he can 
explain to the world how the Forgotten Boys felt and explain Johnny's story and explain Dally's story and all these all these kids that didn't have a voice or were looked at a certain way by society. And he comes to the realization that that's what he wants to do for his end-of-term paper. And so it kind of comes full circle as he sits down to write it. He starts writing his story and it begins just how the book begins. And so you kind of realize that the book as a whole is his final end-of-year paper. Everything that we just read and learned about all the boys and why he took so much effort into explaining everything was because he was writing to the world. What it's like to be a greaser. And that's the end. That's the end. Such a freaking good book. So good. So just quickly, we're going to talk about themes for a second. In the beginning, we said the main theme is social and class conflict. And then the other two are loyalty and love, which I don't really think we need to talk about because they're pretty Mm self-explanatory. And we talked about it a lot throughout the book. But the main theme is social and class conflict. So obviously the feud comes from their differences. And throughout the book, Ponyboy goes back and forth on what their differences are, what makes them similar. And a lot of times it's, you know, books and music and sunsets that is like the commonality between the two of them. And their differences are usually either feeling everything and not feeling anything at all or money and Mm -hmm. versus no money. And I think in the end, he realizes that finding these shared interests with people who are different than you makes it easier and possible to see the other person's side and not hate so much. I think in the end, Ponyboy finally comes to realize that it's hard everywhere, just Mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. He goes back and forth, but I think in the end, he finally is like, no, it's hard everywhere. It's just different. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I guess it's just the typical high schooler. Like, I don't know how, how you want to look at it, but they had so much wrapped up in image and, yeah. and material possessions and things like that, that it just, it was an obsession for Ponyboy throughout the book to consistently talked about, oh, this car or, yeah. or this, this possession or my hair or this is what they dress like and things like that. But it kind of comes full circle to realize that none of it matters, that everyone literally, like we said, everyone has their huge issues in life that that aren't masked by cool clothes or or haircut or anything like that and so that was a cool kind of lesson learned throughout the book as well okay guys that is the end i hope you enjoyed the outsiders you should definitely go watch the movie if you're interested in seeing a lot of hot people go follow brief podcast on instagram and itunes and spotify so you can be notified when new books are published